Hey, before we get started, we just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Church Sound Made Simple. Mixing sound seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Cut the overwhelm by getting access to the stress-free, no-fluff training that will help you create great sound at church. Visit churchsoundmadesimple.com. Well, welcome to the Collaborate Worship Podcast, where we help you create great sound at church. I'm your host, Cade Young, and today I'm here with Matt Liley. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I am well, and I'm really glad you're here, man. For those of you who don't know Matt, I met him just a few months ago through a mutual friend who recommended him to put down some new flooring at our house, of all things. And I found out yeah, while yeah. you were working on my floor that you also lead the production team at your church, and you were even a traveling musician not too long ago. So Matt, give us some background. What led you to your passion of worship in the church? Oh, man. Um, so I just kind of grew up I grew up in a super small town, um, and... I, for some reason, just decided that music was going to be my thing. I was going to be that kid. And I was the only one in town pretty much that thought that way. Um, and so I think just growing up in that, that environment, um, being the only one gave me a lot of ambition and drive to be kind of different as far as I wanted to be able to do things that the big kids were doing. Um, that the I wanted to be able to do production stuff that the big kids were doing and um, musical stuff that the big kids were doing. Um, <clears throat> the kids from, I say kids, the guys from, you know, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, wherever. Um, I just wanted to be able to, to get into that game, get involved. And that ended up just kind of taking me through like the worship scene a lot. Um, took me out of the worship scene for quite a while. Um, so it started just kind of started as, you know, every kid does youth band, um, traveling around playing, uh, youth rallies and things like that. Um, and then turned into college, uh, uh, music program in college. And that turned into touring and playing all around the place and checking out all kinds of stuff and different styles of music in a country band for a while and a hard rock band for a while. Um, and then God just kind of led me back, um, through my wife and through, well, she's my wife now. At the time, she was not. Um, kind of just led me back through, kind of through the paces back to where I needed to be. Um, and um, ended up in Collinsville, America, of all places, and um, just down the road from you. And um, just kind of fell in love with the church I was at, and then they ended up hiring me, and now I am where I am. So Awesome, man. That's a pretty fun journey. Um I got to know, like, what was it like when you were back traveling musician? Were you like rolling in the dough, like riding in your Escalade, things like that? Totally, totally. No. Yeah. Uh, so the best money that we ever made was uh, in a country band. I played a lot of private parties, um, a lot of like corporate things for like oil companies that would they wanted a dance band and all that. Um, that was the best money I ever made off of music for sure. Um, it was still wasn't a lot. Um, then we got into the rock and roll stuff and just kind of, it was almost van living, except I didn't have a van. I have a, a Chevy Tahoe that I still drive. Um, and so we kind of lived in that and uh, I took it everywhere and, um, it was worse than van living actually. So, um, but it was a really good time. Had a lot of, a lot of fun with friends and got to see a lot of the world and see, you know, just different places and meet a lot of cool people. Um, 
it it taught me a lot of things that I'm really glad to know that I don't want to know type thing. <laughs> like I'm I'm glad I learned that and got out. So it was uh it was good though. Nice. Well, man, in every podcast interview, we always take a moment to bring a failure out into the open so we can laugh together, learn something yeah. along the way. Yeah, because the truth is, you know, we all make mistakes and they seem really heavy until we realize, well, you know what? Everybody else is making them too. So fess up, man. <laughs> yeah. So um, my most notable fail, I guess you could call it, it's not really a fail. Um, I... It was during the kind of the start of this whole COVID church um, online thing where we were still live streaming, but nobody in the building. Um, we did that for about 15 weeks this year. And previous to that, we really weren't focusing on our live stream game a ton. We had live streamed, but not in the capacity where that we are now. Um, it just wasn't a focus. We were more of an in-person church, had to be there to experience it type thing. Um, and so then we suddenly got shifted to that and we were doing kind of like a, a set type Sunday service where we'd have the worship or whatever, and then do a little camera trickery and have pastor sitting at a different location or whatever. Um, and he, so he, during that time, a lot of the time, so we didn't have to move the cameras and follow him cause he's a energizer type guy. Um, we had him sitting at a table with a TV behind him. So for his notes and everything. And I, I don't remember what it was. Um, I, it, a pedal board that was volume pedal still on buzzing or something similar to that. Um, and it was really loud and obnoxious. And so I knew that the camera frame was from tabletop up. And so I army crawled across the stage and got it turned off. And I'm like, literally underneath pastor Jim's feet um, while he's just still going. Um, and one of our volunteers took a picture of it and it ended up being on uh, that Facebook group that everyone loves the church sound and media techs and getting a thousand or so likes. And a lot of people made fun of me for it. Um, so it was good. Um, but there was that one. And then just recently um, one of those trying new software things for live streaming, um, we didn't do a test because it was like last minute. We're like, Oh, let's try it. This is going to be cool. Oh. <laughs> and so I run all of the live stream stuff as far as I set it up and, you know, kind of train the volunteers and stuff. And, um, but I also am on the worship team most weeks. And this week I was, it was a bad idea. Um, I'll never do this ever again, but we tried a new software on a Sunday morning without testing. And, we went 38 minutes without audio during our whole worship service and announcements, literally no audio. Um, That's all right. You don't need audio for that anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It kind of saved me actually <laughs> played really terrible that week, but we, uh, the guy mixing the live stream, um, he had it in his, in his ears and in his, uh, and in our like little production studio, all the audio was working. Everything was perfect. Um, it was metering that there was audio going out and everything, but for some reason it just wasn't like hitting Facebook and YouTube. So there was 38 minutes of complete silence and like, you know, the Facebook like comments were just brutal. It was just like, there's no sound, no sound. Same, same person saying, Hey, there's no sound like over and over and over and over again. 
And, uh, you know, those Facebook comments can dig at you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but here's the good thing. Like if you can find everybody who hung on through those 38 minutes, you know, the faithful. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They were like, wait, why it's not getting fixed. What's going on? Um, (laughs) So we ended up just killing the stream and completely restarting. And he, Pastor Jim is like 15 minutes into his message at this point. So a lot of people are probably really confused about that week. Um, as am I still. <laughs> That's when you just like pull out your phone and go Facebook live like the, the right. old school way, just on your phone. Old school way. Just like, <laughs> yep. sorry. Just get guys. up in his face. and <laughs> This is what you get. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we could just have him do it next time. <laughs> have him selfie mode it. Well, man, I know you're not alone because we had our slew of live stream fails throughout COVID because oh, we didn't yes. live stream before COVID either. And I know that like every other church has, except for all the big mm-hmm. churches, you know, that already had their full right, production right. going. Right. Yeah. So we had, you, you mentioned the iPhone on Facebook live thing for years. They, we did um, an iPad in the front row and on a tripod and had a guy running it and the audio was terrible. The video like, you know, autofocus all the time, all the, you know, it was an iPad sitting in the front row of our room and it was, it was awful. And so now we constantly have to like go back a couple years and watch that go back about a year now since we started like actually live streaming and watch those Facebook lives from an iPad. And we're like, Oh, okay. We're not the worst in the world. Um, we are still progressing. We're still getting better. Um, it's just a good like heat check. Like, okay, you're getting down on yourself for making these mistakes and messing up. Um, and then you're able to be like, oh, oh, actually, we have come a long ways. There's actually audio in this. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it's nice. That's it. Always good to make progress. Yes. Yep. All right, man. So let's talk about how to get all the different teams and positions on the same page for Sunday services. I reached out to you before the podcast. I'm like, what do you want to talk about, man? And this is what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> let's yeah. be honest. The worship team <laughs> doesn't always get along with the tech team, right? <laughs> they do not. Um, it's it, And it's not a not get along type thing um, on the surface, at least. Um, it's been really interesting because, you know, obviously before... COVID and all this stuff. And I just started at our church a little over a year ago. Um, and before that it was all volunteer based production. Um, um, we didn't have anybody on staff that was, had any production experience or anything like that. So there was a lot of precedent set of, Oh, this is just, we just get through it on a Sunday morning. And if we pull off a service, we're good. We did a good job, which is true. That's the goal is to pull off a Sunday service and, uh, you know, get it out there. But the immediate need that I saw was that, okay, we don't have anybody that runs lights. We don't have anybody that actually runs sound. Um, we have the only person that they considered an audio video tech was the, the, uh, lyrics guy, guy who runs the lyrics for the, for the worship service and for, um, pastor's notes pro presenter. And, So seeing that I'm like, okay, we got to build a team. And then as soon as we kind of got a small team built, it was immediate. I'm like, Oh, we don't know how to communicate with each other. We don't know how this works. Um, you know, last minute changes, uh, changes that happened a week in advance that nobody knew about. And we're like, Oh, that happened. And 
simple things from like the children's pastor. Um, before I was on board, it was just kind of a whim, like, oh, the kids are doing a thing in service today. And the worship team would find out, you know, 9.30 a.m., oh, the kids are doing a thing during worship today, but it's going to be before you. Service starts at 10. Okay, we have to rearrange some things, whatever. And so I saw that as like, okay, we got to communicate a little better. We got to learn to to kind of, you know, hash these things out. And we kind of just slowly, we're not there yet, um, but we've kind of slowly started making our worship team and our tech team, the same team rather than having two different teams, because as a musician and as um, worship people, when you're on the stage, you people think that you're the, the important ones, which the worship team is so important. Um, but there's nothing better than a tech team that's appreciated by a worship team and vice versa. Um, if you can get those two teams to kind of appreciate each other, it honestly sets a huge precedent in the rest of the church where, Oh, the children's pastor really respects the youth pastor. And even, even, you know, Jimmy calls it leading up, um, where, you know, those two teams of volunteers, if they can start to respect each other and kind of work together and really, really, uh, appreciate each other, then that'll just trickle upward and go up the mountain. Um, and so, Getting them together has just been really difficult. <laughs> yeah. What do you think that the like main, so this probably happens at every church, wherever the tech team feels less important than the worship team. Like I'd say that's probably Absolutely. happening at 80% of churches, if not more than that. So what do you think, what do you think is the issue that makes the tech team feel less important? Man, uh, Hillsong. No, um, <laughs> it, um, it's, it's definitely not, um, Hillsong's fault, but it is the worship culture in the world right now is um, the live videos on YouTube, right? It's the, the whole elevation live experience or whatever. And we're getting to know these worship leaders as icons, which is awesome. I think it's a great thing. I think it's fantastic. Um, there's a lot of people who would dog that out. Um, I think it's a great thing, but as a tech team, you see that they're the important ones, right? Um, and as a worship team, you see, oh, well, all these other churches, they put so much value on their worship team. And your church or our church, everybody's church, puts so much value on the worship team. Um, you, The worship leader gets all the compliments, right? He's the one that's like, oh, you know, little old lady comes up. Worship was so good today. Um you know, thank you so much for that. And which is deserved. That's, that's welcomed. Please go pat your worship team on the back. But as a tech team and as a worship team, worship team can't forget to say, Hey, tech team, that's your victory too. Um, and tech team also has to realize that's my victory too, because that was, I was a part of that, you know, whether you're running lights or, lead vocals, you, you are, uh, an integral part, I can't speak an integral, the big part <laughs> of, oh man, a big part of that worship success. Um, and I think that it's just kind of that culture of 
Um, a lot of times pastor's kids end up being worship leader. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, that's a, that's a thing that happens in the church. And like I said, we see it all the time. People patting the worship leader on the back or patting the drummer on the back. Like, you guys did so good today. You guys did so good today. Nobody, nobody thinks about lights or sound. They just take it for granted until it's really bad. And then they go to the worship leader and they're like, Hey, the sound was really bad today or the lights were really bad today. And he's like, that's not me. That's not me. And so that's kind of, I think where it comes from is just that they're up front, they're on the pl- the platform and, and people see them. Yeah. It kind of comes back to that scripture where it's talking about the body of Christ and how the mm-hmm. most important members of the body of Christ aren't the th- ones that are seen, but the ones that are unseen, right. like your own body. It's like you wouldn't be alive without your heart, your lungs, the things that you can't see, right. you know, are yep. the most important. So it's, I think it's like that at church too. The, one, the ones you don't see, the ones who aren't in the front are actually the most important if we want to have a discussion about it. We have a biblical background right. for that. Right. But really, yes, I mean, we we're do. all a team. We're all working together. And it's important yeah, that yeah. we see it that way. Mm-hmm. So, so is that really going through worship leaders' heads, though? I mean, because we perceive the people in the front as the most important, but do they really think that they're the most important? Like, are worship leaders up there thinking, I am the best thing since sliced bread? I think that that is a big misconception. I don't think that people do that as often as people think that they do that. I think that that's a rare thing to find in a real let me say this. That, that's a that's a rare thing to find in a real worship leader. That's a common thing to find in a singer. But someone who is a real worship leader, that's not going through their head. Um, I can brag on our worship leader. Um, he is a young guy, younger than I am, super talented. And he, I think that, that he could care less if he was ever in front of people ever again, right? Um, he's great at being in front of people. He's super outgoing. He's able to, to work a room and work a, uh, a worship set, but you know, his heart is not there as a singer. He's not a performer. Um, which is actually something that we work on sometimes is like, Hey, we got to perform a little bit up here. Um, that's a, that's a hot topic in worship too. Don't shoot me for saying perform during worship. Oh no. You open up a can of worms. Oh yes. Can of worms. I'll, I'm good at that. I'm good at opening <laughs> those. Nice. All right. So back to the communication between teams, what tips do you got? Like what's the best way to keep those lines of communication open? Yeah. So the best way for us so far is, is that kind of creating one team rather than two teams. Um, even as far as like the planning center invites is all, we're all one team, right? It's all on one template. Um, your, drummer and your lyrics guy are in the same, they see the same thing when they open up planning center, which is not that big of a deal, but it is that big of a deal because you're being scheduled at the same time as the worship leader. Um, so just starting from the ground up doing that, um, all of our events that have to do with worship, the tech team is totally included. Um, we're trying like our, even our Christmas party, it's a worship team Christmas party, but the tech guys are, part of the worship team now and they know that. Um, so I would say that just kind of like starting it off that way, trying to create that culture of everybody's on one team. There are different departments maybe on our team or whatever. Um, we have special teams and we have offense and defense, but we are all one team. 
Um, and then the other thing is, um, I find a lot of value in production meetings, um, which are, I don't usually have the whole worship team involved in that, but I will have the worship leader involved in that. Um, we'll have worship leader and then all of the tech team. And usually whoever's speaking that day, whether it's pastor or a guest speaker, um, before service, we kind of have a little production meeting. It's usually about an hour before service, 45 minutes before service. And we just kind of get together and everybody, you know, we chat, we talk about how the service is going to go. Um, and that, that right there just kind of lets like the tech team know, Oh, the worship team's leader is here. The tech team's leader is here. We're all kind of like rallying together and we're getting a game plan together and then we're going to go execute it. So, um, I found a lot of value in that and being able to just kind of start the day off on the same page, um, rather than expecting someone to just know what they're supposed to do. Um, and to rather than expecting the tech team to know, what the worship leader expects or what the pastor expects. Um, everybody's just got to kind of know what, where we're going with this and what, what our vision is for the day and for the year or kind of the culture of the church. So, yeah, man, that's good stuff. Cause I was just thinking how usually the people in the front are outgoing people and the people on the tech team are um, not outgoing people. They're more reserved right. introverts. So to get mm-hmm. the two together, like that's probably another tension right there is usually the extrovert yeah. doesn't blend well with the introvert. So to have Correct. those intentional meetings, like a production meeting before service, is really good to help them build those relationships because they may not do it on their own or they may want to, but they just struggle to blend the two kinds of personalities together. Yeah, absolutely. And another huge thing is not something that like a tech leader can really do. Um, it's, again, bragging on our our worship leaders at our church they are really good at recognizing that. And I, I don't know that they were before. Um, we kind of started trying to mix the two um, or create the two, I guess. Um, but they're really good at saying, hey, I'm sorry, I need to change. Can you change this? Whether it's a lighting color or a lyric slide. Um, instead of saying, hey, change this. It's, hey, man, I'm sorry. I know you prepared that, but we can we change that for this morning or or whatever it may be and then afterwards it's hey thank you so much for doing that and then it's <clears throat> sorry it's being able to have a worship leader that will at the end of a rehearsal or a set say all right thank you guys thanks everybody for being here and um just kind of like you know he knows their names he calls them out you know talks to them that's just kind of a, a leadership thing that you can't really um, put into practice without that type of leader in your building. Yeah, for sure. All right, man, to wrap this up, I want you to just walk, walk us through like a Sunday morning, like before service. What, what are the conversations that okay. should be taking place? So um, – Like, I'll just kind of walk you through what we do on a Sunday morning. Um, I might bump it up a little bit to this is a Sunday morning where we have something special happening, right? Um, Rather than just a normal Sunday that's super relaxed. So our service starts at 10. So our worship worship team is there at 8.15, along with our tech team. They're all there at 8.15 as well, which makes them super upset most of the time because it's early for them. Um, but we all get there early. We've learned that getting there early is the key to success because 
you have so much time to um, fix things or like try to make things better. Um, the thing that you want when you get there early is you want to get there early. You want to knock it out and you want to have an hour to hang out and like talk to people and drink coffee and talk about star Wars or whatever. Um, so we get there at eight fifteen. rehearsal starts at eight 30. Um, and then kind of like the, as soon as rehearsal's done, which is usually eight forty five or so, um, that's when we'll have our production meeting is right after that. And so that's just kind of, we run through, you know, run through our set. We'll talk about things. Um, and then we get to our production meeting and we go over, um, even if it's the same every week, who's doing announcements, um, or, you know, make sure the lighting guy knows, Hey, you've got to turn on, turn on all your movers and your haze. Um, you know, your audio guy knows that, Hey, during this part, we want this, um, the bumper music going, you know, just kind of like go through those, those production cues and stuff um, to where like we do 30 minutes before our service, we go live for two minutes um, and it'll just be an invite. We just started doing this a few weeks ago. Um, so we really have to kind of work our teams together for that. And so that's just a conversation between, Hey, um, our service producer who is usually um, upstairs sitting at the switcher um, we're going to go live at nine 30. You got to give us the cue that we're going live. We'll have, a um, someone, an invite person, a host or whatever, um, ready to roll. Um, as soon as you give us that cue, we'll be ready to roll. Um, and so just kind of like working through those little cues like that are a huge thing is that at nine 30, we're going live. So by nine 30, the host has to be ready. The cameraman has to be ready. Audio guy has to be ready. Lighting has to be ready. Um, and so you just kind of go through all of the positions. And so then usually from nine to nine 30, it's breakfast and coffee and hanging out. And then at nine 30, we're going live. Um, we kill that. We go check our audio. That's why we do the, the 30 before now is because of my audio fail. Um, and then, um, that conversation just kind of turns into after that just kind of turns into, okay, so we're going live at nine 55, just like every week. Um, this, this part goes here, this part goes here. Jennifer's doing the announcements. Um, we want tight shots on that. Um, <clears throat> and it's just really kind of, it's almost common sense stuff. Like we do it every week, but we just, I try to hammer it, hammer it home to where there's no doubt. And when we, get ready to start. Everyone feels confident about what they're doing. Um, and because if they, if there's one guy with doubt in the room, then the whole team has some doubt and that's just really tough to, to bounce back from if you make a mistake or if somebody doesn't know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of like a typical Sunday morning. Um, obviously that was super vague. Um, we do lots of, little conversations and that over communication is just what makes it run smooth. Um, and like I said earlier, we're not there yet. We haven't figured it out yet, um, but we're working on it. So. Yeah, man, that's good. It sounds like the bottom line here is relationship. Like the team's got to build relationships with each other. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so, yeah, just building relationships with your team members. If you're the team leader, that's a huge thing. Um, just building that relationship to where, you can tell them what to do without hurting their feelings. And also you can ask them their opinion and know like, okay, I'm going to trust their opinion or I'm going to ask you your opinion. Okay. never mind. I'm not going to ask you your opinion. Um, 
And so there's, there's a fine line between being a production guy and being a production leader at church. Um, and, you know, I've worked a lot in casinos and in a lot of secular venues where we do production. Um, and that's a different animal. Um, I can go in there and I can talk to someone and just tell them what they need to know. Um, I don't need to care about, about what's going on with them. Um, if we're only there for one night, I'm probably not going to make a very lasting impression with that person anyway. Um, I try to always be you know, kind and I'm all, I'm never going to be that guy that you walk away from a production event talking like, Oh, that guy was, he was something. Um, but it's just a different thing when I work with these people every week, um, as opposed to those events where you work with them one time and then you never see them again. Um, they talk to you a lot differently than a volunteer talks to you as well. Um, and so, yeah, relationships is a huge thing. And then just communication and, um, um, over communicate things to the details to where this is happening. They're going to be on this mark. Um, cameraman one is hitting that, um, just kind of like those little details make things great. And the other thing that I kind of just wanted to throw in there, um, with all this production talk and, and getting teams to work together is that, you know, as a church or the church as a whole, we think of the production part kind of as a lower, a lower level serving opportunity. I think a lot of times, um, because we feel like, if it's a church service, it doesn't shouldn't have production or doesn't need production. Um, and I think that's kind of where my passion is lying right now. Um, that's why I'm talking about this. And, you know, there's um, scripture talks about when the Israelites are in the desert and they're creating the temple, right? They're the, you know, the tabernacles and they are instructed to have the best artists and things are to be made of gold and um, the artists are making the altars are to be trimmed in gold and all this stuff. And it goes into detail about how, how it's supposed to be built. Um, I don't believe that we're supposed to trim our altars in gold um, in 2020 or 2021, but I do believe that we are called to make this the best that we can be without going too far. <laughs> um I do think it can go too far, but I also think that it doesn't go far enough most of the time. I agree. God is a God of excellence. Yes, he is. Yep. All right, man. Well, this has been so good. Thanks so much for being with us here on the podcast. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, Instagram, uh, Matt Liley 13. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the only thing I'm on. I'm on Facebook as well, but please don't. If anybody does that, I, I don't like Facebook, <laughs> um, but yeah, in, Instagram is about the best way to do it. Awesome. Well, don't miss this opportunity to connect with Matt. And as always, thanks for being with us. We need your help to get this podcast out to everybody who needs it. So please leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are using. And don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when the next episode comes out. So go implement what you learn in this podcast and we'll catch you next time.